to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host, Justin Baker, in studio, ready to roll. First game of the NHL season has been completed. Probably by the time you're listening to this, the second as well. Uh, it's about 6 p.m. on uh, Thursday is what it is, right? Thursday, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm hoping it's... My week's been all thrown off. For some reason, I keep thinking it's a day later, so... You know, tomorrow's going to suck. Yeah, that's going to be real depressing. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, so we saw a great first night in terms of uh, maybe some surprises and things that we weren't necessarily expecting. And uh, let's start with uh, a blowout of the Boston Bruins by the Washington Capitals. Uh, we're not, we won't spend too much time breaking down each game, but just because it's the first game of the season, uh, it does. It's I think interesting to go. Okay, we're wow, where does a team start and you know, where do these teams maybe need to improve upon in their next game? What in the frick happened to the Boston Bruins? Yeah, you know, I I figured there would be a lot of energy from the Washington Capitals, the banner raising, you know, first game back, Stanley Cup winners, right? They're going to have some energy. Their feet are going to be ready. The adrenaline's pumping. So I figured they would come out pretty heavy and shooting, but I did not honestly think they would put a beat down so quickly and that you know even though they they came away in the first period up two to nothing i figured okay that's it they're gonna they're gonna settle down you know yeah, Tuga rask actually played pretty well after yeah. letting in both those early goals so i figured things would settle down you know guys would settle in you know and the adrenaline sort of you know goes away a little bit and then that would then the game would probably go on but sure washington didn't stop and honestly i i'm like Tuka rask just kind of fell apart after that first period so yeah, uh, yeah. it's uh, certainly as Brad Marchand said today, <laughs> it's one fucking game. Okay, so he, you know, yeah, he might get suspended for one right, game. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for that uh, that beat down on Lars Eller. Yeah, but, at the end of there, like, uh, but they willingly fought. Right. No, I, I, I get but, that, and then it's it, it was not quite a sucker punch like Max Domi or anything like that. But it's like, dude, come on. Yeah, uh, no need for it. To me, I actually was surprised because I, I think a lot of people have been wondering, like, are the Capitals going to be hungry? Mm-hmm. You know, is there going to be a hangover? Like, quite a literal hangover. But, man, this team came came to play. Uh, I'd say that John Carlson was a guy in that game that impressed me. I felt like he was, you know, well, this is, a, I kind of hate when people say this, but yeah, he was like mid-season form already. I mean, okay, they, he was moving the puck around really well. He had he had the nice goal and uh, on on the power play late. It's if your top defenseman is rolling, mm-hmm. I mean that's only going to open up the ice for the rest of your team. And, oh, I mean, John sure. Carlson maybe a guy who could lead all defensemen in scoring. I, yeah, you know that's more than possible. And I like it when guys, for instance, you know, like like him who aren't marquee names in terms of like your Austin Matthews Tavares's or Sidney Crosby's once they sign their extension right a lot of guys sort of tail off a little bit typically yeah yeah I've seen it a lot and so like for me I've, I've always been a fan of John Carlson so to see him sign that big extension and then come back out and look like he's that guy worth every penny yes it's great yeah uh let's shift gears to the Maple Leafs and Habs game yes your team uh, I think the expectation for not even just Leafs fans, for everyone, especially mm-hmm. in this game, is, well, the Leafs are going to be skating circles around. And you know, I've seen a lot on Twitter, oh, the Leafs are going to win a bunch of games 10-8. Right. Know, like, oh, and it's just, no, no. It was, the Leafs didn't play that, that well. Yeah. 
you could tell i think that they missed william nylander um tyler ennis is a nice little player he he's a good little energy plug but he's i mean he he just doesn't play with matthews the same way that nylander does let's face it a guy as talented as nylander any team's gonna miss him if he's out of lineup so and it and it just causes you know maybe you know you have to dig into your depth a little bit more and uh I, th- I think that we'll get this going. Tavares scores his first goal. That's I think yeah. it's that's a nice thing to see in in a first game. That's a a monkey that you don't want on your back ever. You don't want to go five, six, seven games without scoring to start your career as a Maple Leaf because that's when people start to go, oh, you know, point the finger. This is the pressure too much for? Him? And it mm-hmm. just eliminated all that. I think. I mean. Austin Matthews and John Tavares scored all the goals for the Leafs. So yeah, and uh, Austin Matthews too is. I mean, three seasons now, opening night, he he puts up first. I think his first year in the league, he put up four goals. I yep, remember that very yeah, well. First, very first game uh, last year, first game he puts up. I think a goal and two assists, and now two goals this year. I mean, he's go. just he's money in the bank opening night. He needs to treat every game like opening night. <laughs> That's right. Uh, let's shift to Flames Canucks. Okay, where I think we we have the Canucks. Towards the bottom of that division, if not at the I bottom. I them at the very bottom of the league. And the Calgary Flames, a bubble playoff team, a, a team that should be able to compete in that Pacific division. Uh, really, w- when I watched that game, my first thought was, wow, this power play looks horrific. And last year, that was a problem, was their power play. And this year, they you know they brought in new personnel. You know, they brought in a guy like James Neal and... They they still did not look very good. They don't look in sync, which a power play can take time. Not to say they can't figure it out. Uh, and maybe some of it was due to the Canucks killing off that penalty, those penalties really well. But uh, honestly, the thing I was most person I was most impressed with in that game was Jacob Markstrom because we've talked a lot of crap about Markstrom, and he true. he very much kept them in that game and on top. And uh, Canucks come out with a win. Kind of that maybe low expectations, so it's a little easier to get going early on for these teams. And you know, a, t- a team that everybody has picked at the bottom. What do you have to lose? And you go out there, you play some loose, loose hockey, but a really nice. I mean, they played a, a good system game, lots of speed, really good forecheck, and uh, it just seemed like the Calgary Flames weren't ready for it. And on top of that, Elias Peterson scores his first NHL goal and. Uh, Away he goes. Your your pick for the Calder, right? <laughs> wow, you're just gonna you're gonna remind me all season. Oh, wait, who long, was aren't you? who was your pick? I forget. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Philip Zadina. I forget too. That's Is that weird. his name? <laughs> so no, uh, yeah, Peterson definitely looked like he. Uh, you know, we we actually saw a couple. Uh, we saw Peterson and we Kokinemi mm-hmm. uh, had his first assist, and he he was to me the Habs one of their best players out on the ice. So. Uh, a couple rookies showing up. And last but not least, Sharks and Ducks. Uh, these two teams, you know, what they're they've been around forever. That's kind of the you know, these both these teams have been really good for a long time. And I think we've kind of stated that the Sharks are the team that's on the rise and the Ducks are the team sinking. And this game came down to goaltending. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. Honestly, I thought <coughs> You know, for uh, Martin Jones was a guy that I, I 
pegged and you know in our rankings that we we talked about earlier in this week he's he's a guy to me that is very undervalued he's he's very rock steady when it comes to goaltending he gives you very consistent numbers year in and year out and i thought with the team in front of him he would be a little bit better this year and I, I still think that's more impossible but I mean when you look at both goaltenders right John Gibson again I still think he's a phenomenal goaltender um, John Gibson very much outdueled Martin Jones and Jones did looked anything but mediocre uh, Gibson looked great and so if the San Jose Sharks are going to be able to uh, not look like that night in and night out they're going to need much more from Martin Jones and much more from their power play too yeah yeah their power play was struggling a little bit uh, Carlson leading that power play. I mean, he played, what, 90% of the time yeah, on I the think power that's play. Yeah, we found out. So uh, I, I just, when I was watching their power play, you could just tell they were out of sync. Guys are looking for Carlson a little bit right now, which uh, when you're looking for a particular guy, I think that that's when your power play kind of goes awry. I mean, you, you think the Washington Capitals, you think these guys are always looking for an open Ovechkin for that one-timer from the circle. But they're always looking for other options, and there right. are other options. And to me, that's the, the Sharks, I think we go 10 games here, and if their power play hasn't really taken off, you'll see Carlson and Burns on the same unit and, uh, and play together more. I think they did. Burns was out there with Carlson, uh, but the time when Carl, Carlson wasn't on the power play, they had Burns out there too. So uh, just... I think eventually they'll bring those two guys together. And why not? Those two guys could play the full two minutes of a power play. And yeah. you'd be in good shape. Yeah, that's no joke. And one thing that kind of surprised me a little bit, and um, I didn't really see the numbers for exactly how much time he spent on that line, but Evander Kane started the game on the third line. Um, kind of surprising. I mean, you're paying this guy to be your top winger, and you're going to go ahead and slot him in in your third third line spot. And don't get me wrong, I, I don't mind the idea of um, – you know them splitting up the offense among the lines and you know that way there's a little bit more balance you know one through three but um you know i figured maybe they'd move down a guy like thomas hurdle or or joe pavowski even a little bit you know to give evander kane a little bit more time and see how he meshes with joe thornton but uh, i guess not i mean again i i don't know the exact his time on ice i haven't looked at it yet but um still that, that was kind of surprising to me yeah and that's i mean it's you know, I think that now the league has moved so much to a a top nine type of look that really he's going to get he got top top power play minutes. Yeah, he I mean he played out of out of any forward. I think he played the most on the power play, and so uh, I I think that's where you want to utilize a guy uh, like like Evander Kane. I mean five on five, he's a good player. Uh, you get him on the power play, get him out there with. Eric Carlson and, and you'll you'll be able to utilize that shot and uh, so I, I think that he's going to get his looks and he, I, he's not going to struggle to score goals uh, maybe the reason why he's not up there with with a Thornton or a Pavelski is that they kind of already have things established with those guys and yeah. in the playoffs last year um, Kane I think if I remember he was playing down a little bit he, who is he playing with in the playoffs he was playing with Couture I think most of the Couture, time yeah yeah, yeah. He, Okay, uh, well, that's uh, your Wednesday night games, which uh, I think the, all those things will carry over. You know, we're going to, this is where the questions start to build. I mean, we expect a really good power play out of San Jose. San Jose's power play is outscored 2-0 to zero by, from the Ducks, and that ends up being the difference. Uh, so, and I mean, 
Toronto Maple Leafs. We expected their power play to be really good, and it was. It was. <laughs> and the, it was. It looked fantastic. And so uh, I think that's when you look at those, some of those really good teams, they're going to rely on a power play. I, I shouldn't say the really good team. I'll say the the teams who are in that next tier. Yeah. That like, they're not Nashville, Winnipeg, or Tampa Bay. You've got that next kind of like next five teams or so. Uh, often those teams will rely on the power play to score and to really blow up a team. You know, that's that's how you're going to do it. And really, I mean, that's how team score goals is on the power play nowadays. I mean, five on five, it's great when you score, but you're almost out there on five on five trying to draw penalties to give your team an opportunity at the power play because that's when you score. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the great teams, the teams that win, you you honestly see special teams will make the difference. Um, you know, I mean, outside of Boston winning in 2011 with like a 5% power play conversion, the sure. teams always are converting. Right. There's always outliers, but you know you yeah. can take it to the bank that a good power play is going to keep you afloat. Yes. Just like turnovers make the difference in football. I mean, special teams make the difference in hockey, for sure. Very true. Okay, uh, let's let's move on to... Some William Nylander news. Yes, I've been waiting to talk about this. Today, William Nylander, uh, I guess, I don't know if it was stated that he spoke to the media in Sweden, uh, but it came out today in a Swedish newspaper called Aften Bladet. You know, that big, huge newspaper over there in Sweden. Uh, He essentially said, well, he said this. Right now, I do not know more than all the rest of you. I have not received any messages and have no contact with Toronto. It's my agent who takes care of everything. Uh, okay, and he also said something to the effect of, well, I have, to, I have to take care of myself right now. I can't worry about the short term. I need to think long term, and I need to worry about me right now. Uh, I have a couple thoughts. Yeah, please. On his selfish attitude. And uh, me first type of, of negotiations. Now, I understand this negotiation. I think that for the most part, regular people need to, like people across the board, you have to, you know, you and me with our with jobs. You know, you go into mm-hmm. a job and you're not just going to go and take a job for $25,000 a year right. doing something where you're worth 60 or 80 or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, those, the difference between you know, making fifty thousand and seventy thousand a year are huge. The the things that you can do in life and the the level of comfort that you have, and so to to find that balance in our for us makes a big makes a big difference. Uh, when we're talking about somebody who makes six and a half million or that seemingly that's around sure. the number let's just go with a pastor knack 6.67 uh same as ehlers kind of thing uh when you're talking about that or eight there really is no lifestyle difference right of course yes i understand over the course of six years that is 12 million dollars less than what you had but you have 36 million dollars so to me it makes minimal difference now i understand the Toronto Maple Leafs are a rich organization. They have a ton of money. And so, therefore, you know, somebody's got to make that money. And it's 50% goes to the owners and 50% goes to the players. And so, that's fine. I know there's people making boatloads of money mm-hmm. uh, who are 
on the team side. So yeah, do I want a player to make his money? Absolutely. But this is this is what the standard is. It has been set. You know what you're getting. $8 million is not happening. Not happening. Right. Not with the Leafs, not with the Columbus Blue Jackets, not with the LA Kings, not with the Dallas Stars, the Florida Panthers. There is not a team in the league that in their right mind is going to pay William Nylander $8 million for the next eight years or six years or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So with that said, we know how much he's going to make. Now, Now you're just being dumb. So now you have to wonder, who is it that's feeding William Nylander this information? That he's worth eight. And that he's going to get eight. Or that, well, if we hold out longer, they'll give you 7.2. Let's, let's say let's say the Leafs give him seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, right now, he's losing uh, uh, somewhere between 32 and 37,000 um, a day. Yeah. Depending on how much he ends up signing for. So that's about two... Two hundred and twenty-five thousand a week, we'll say. Okay. <laughs> two hundred twenty-five thousand a week. So let's say he holds out for a month. I mean, that's that's a million dollars. Yep. That he just missed out on. I mean, now we're if we're talking the difference between say like a six point eight and a seven million over the course of six years, what you, you just made you made yourself an extra two hundred thousand. And I, like such a small, tiny, tiny little percentage, yeah. Uh, and most likely, you're just going to lose out on that money, anyways. I, I just think I just hate you come out and you say I gotta I gotta look out for me, okay? I gotta watch out for me. It's like, what about all the rest of what about what about the fans? What about your teammates? I I don't care if that's how you feel. I just don't think you come out and say it. Yeah, I get he wants to get as much money as he possibly can. And and my after I heard this, I'm thinking, okay, the only way I could honestly think that he is thinking, when he says the, the words long-term, right, you think, okay, I'm going to get better if you're William Elander. You know, I'm hoping that playing with Austin Matthews, John Tavares on my team, my point totals are going to increase. I'm going to be better. You know, I'm going to be a 70, maybe an 80-point player. Sure. You know, and, you know, honestly – over the next eight years, that's more than possible for a guy like that. However, we're talking right now. We're not talking what they think you're going to do, what you think you're going to do. You're talking what you've done and maybe a little bit of, I mean, a minuscule of what they think you're going to grow into. Sure, sure. Um, so for a guy like William Nylander to hold out over something so small, and I mean, he, he, he honestly... He knows he's a restricted free agent. He knows he has absolutely no bargaining chip except to come huh. out and say... I mean, he could not play. Yeah, that's it. And then next year, he'll make even less. Exactly, because next year is going to be even worse for him because if you think if he holds out past December 1st, which for those who don't know, restricted free agents have to sign by December 1st or they can't play the entire season. Um, if he holds out, you got to think next summer, Toronto's got to pay Matthews, Marner, Gardner, and Nylander. Mm-hmm. What kind of money do you, They don't have that kind of money. So that's why they want to get them locked up now at a little bit less so that maybe they can convince guys like Marner and Gardner to sign for a little bit less because you know Matthews obviously is probably going to get what John Tavares got. Um, yeah, I, think. I think I think an 11. Yeah. I, I think 10, t- between 10 and 11 sure. is going to be what he gets. I, yeah. I, I think there's a chance that somehow they convince him to take around 10. Okay, I mean, that would take, be great take for an the team. Deal. Yeah, that would be great because then you can, you know, spend that money elsewhere where they need to you know because you look at a team like chicago for example who gave out you know 
just these gigantic contracts after all their success, and now they're they're obviously at the bottom of the league now because they can't afford to bring anybody else in. And so if you're Toronto, you're trying to lock up your younger players now at lower cap hits. That way you can keep them around for a long time. Right, right. Um, I mean, let's not forget, Chicago was very good for about a, a seven-year span. Oh, right? yeah, for sure. Yeah. They won the Cup in 2010. They were good the year before that, too, 2009. Right. And so... I mean, for a, a... They drafted smart so they could bring in right, younger right. guys in, which is, I mean, what you have to do when you're paying your top guys big money like that, for sure. But in the case of William Nylander, right, you're not the top dog in that team. You know... You were the fourth dog in that exactly. team. Exactly. You know, Maybe the fifth in importance, because yeah, you go, if the most important is Austin Matthews, then you have John Tavares, then you have Mitchell Marner, and then the next and most important has to be Morgan Riley, because without Morgan Riley, I would argue you're really screwed. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. Freddie Anderson as well. So, yeah, you're like number six on the totem yeah. pole. So, good luck getting your eight. That's not happening. Right, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I think if he's traded and he's on another team, like, for instance, I mean, he goes to a team like, oh, I don't know, let's um, let's throw out the Florida Panthers, for example, right? You're not the top dog there. New York Rangers, yeah, you go to the Rangers and you're going to be the top dog sure, over there probably. And you, and you won't win anything. Exactly. And you won't. Not for a long time. Your point least. total probably won't be as good either because right. you're not playing with the caliber. And that's the, like, we we have to be able to figure out. All right, you play. I mean, I guess we Matthews did miss a little time uh, mm-hmm. last year. We got to be able to go. Okay, how many more points are you getting because you're playing with Matthews? Yeah, let's say it's at least eight. Eight out of the sixty he had. Maybe maybe he has a little less if he's playing down in the lineup a sure. little bit or not with an Austin Matthews or maybe ten ten less. So then you're a fifty point player. 50-point players. Lucky to get six. Lucky to get six. Yeah. So now I understand, well, maybe I'll score 75 points and then I'm going to be underpaid. That's fantastic. Why didn't you do that last year, you bum? (laughs) That's when you should have done it. Is when you it was a contract yeah. year for you, and you struggled early on to score goals. Marion Gabrick's whole career is built around cashing in on contract years. Hey, so and, and it works for it yep. worked very worked out very well for the old man. So, do you think at this point I have to ask play devil's advocate because you know Kyle Dubas said he's going to find a way to keep we all four can of these and guys. We will, yeah, exactly. Do you think at some point they get tired of sitting around waiting? Nylander's not budging on whatever eight and a half, whatever he thinks he's worth. Do you think they finally go make that move and bring in a right-handed defenseman and make that trade to maybe even a team like Carolina with a Justin Falk or... No, um, no, I wouldn't trade Nylander for Justin Falk. Okay, yeah. maybe what about the Winnipeg Jets for Jacob Truba, for example? For because, Jacob Truba, that would be okay. Okay. That would be fine. Um, I can't see... How are the Jets going to go trade for William Nylander and sign him to $8 million? Uh, they can't because they, I don't know. Next year they have to I sign line A, line a and yeah, and they just they just Connor's got to get paid too. I, I get that, but I just hypothetical. And they I just guess, paid so. they they just paid uh, Blake Wheeler, and yeah, it's. I mean, it's it would be yeah that that's not going to happen. The only places that he's going to go are places where they have a little bit of cap space. Yep, and they need a number like he'd be the number one guy. So let's say he gets traded to Arizona. Okay. Uh, problem is, what are you going to send? Jacob Chikrin? Yeah, you. I mean, the only thing you'd honestly have to ask back in return is you'd have to be like, uh, OEL? Question mark? But that's not going to happen. That's, that's know that. definitely not happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could potentially send him over to uh, Vancouver or... Yeah, but who's Vancouver going to return? Well, they don't have defensemen to send back. Uh, exactly, that's for sure, exactly. But. Now, now I, I do think the Columbus... 
I, I heard, you know, what if they were to trade Nylander to Columbus for Artemi Panarin? And if if Panarin isn't signed to an extension, mm-hmm. then you also get, you know, a, a first round pick and maybe a prospect or something like that. Or, yeah, I don't know. Or, or if the trade is contingent on both players signing extensions, then you, you know, you trade Nylander for an Artemi Panarin. And if you can get Panarin locked in for uh, nine, if yeah, you get but Panarin for nine, if you're not going to give Nylander eight, why would you give Panarin nine? Because he's, he, well, I know he he's a much is, better player. He is an 80, 85. Point. Oh, absolutely. There's, yeah. there's no doubt in my mind. He can drive a, a whole line. Player. Yeah, absolutely. But then at that point, you don't really you need don't, him. Yeah. No, but you don't have the money to sign him when you got to hand out that money to other guys. That's so true. then you might have to deal off a guy like Marner, who I think is oh, pretty dang close Marner. to a, a Austin Matthews at yeah, that they're, point. They're so. not, definitely not dealing Marner. Yeah, it's a, uh, it, I mean, this will all be moot if Nylander signs in the next week and we go, okay, he signed for his six, six, seven, one, slightly more than Pasternak. Right. And, uh, and we just call it a day and he'll be back. And that's most likely, I think what will happen. And, yeah, I think so too because at some point, if you're Nylander, you get sick of sitting around. Everybody's going to start pointing the finger at you if they haven't already. And then, I mean, I mean, Mike Babcock's already said, you know, hey, well, the guys who are here are ahead of the guys who aren't. Brendan yeah. Shanahan came out and said, you know, hey, I was on this team where guys took less to come here and make it all fit and work, and we had to sacrifice. But it's the best time of my life. And he's like, and yeah. that's what we want to build here. We, we, we're we not looking for the guy who wants to make top dollar. We're looking for the guy that wants to win and be in Toronto. And that, and truly, the only way in a salary cap era to do that mm-hmm. is to have guys take pay cuts. Now, what, what about this? This would kind of be kind of fun to do. If you're Kyle Dubas or maybe somebody in the Toronto organization, maybe you start leaking out these fake rumors that you're, you're looking to move him to just a bottom team, i.e. like maybe... Arizona. Um, yeah, we're looking to deal him to, to Montreal, CSKA, Moscow. Yeah. <laughs> Send him somewhere where he's not going to have any chance at winning for quite a while, and maybe think, "Oh crap, I, I should probably sign right away." Yeah, I, I, I would. I would, I'm sure that rumors do get floated like that. Oh, I'm uh, sure. I don't. I don't know if it's helpful, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. But it'd be pretty funny, though. I'd love to hear him potentially going to. You know, some of those terrible teams, that'd be funny. Yeah, the problem is that he probably would help turn those teams around. Yeah, that's true. Like, what if... Honestly, at this point, how has no one... Okay, at this point, we know. The Leafs want to give Nylander six, and Nylander wants eight. Leafs are essentially saying, if we give you eight, we can't keep everyone. So we can't give you eight. How has someone not gone... If we offer William Nylander eight and a half million for how are eight years at least if it's for eight years or seven years Mm -hmm. at least you are digging into his ufa years which he would probably get more than eight and a half uh you know come five years from now that would look like a pretty reasonable deal all you have to give up is a first second and third round pick that's not bad no not for a guy a one two three for william nylander a guy who can help turn your franchise around uh, now, for a bottom feeder team, you wouldn't want to do that because you don't want to give up your first round pick. Right. But how about a Colorado Avalanche who has Ottawa's first round pick and would just have to give up their own? Shoot. You've got a lot of picks there and you've got money. 
You've got guys signed to nice nice deals right now. If you're Colorado, why don't you just instead of trying to offer sheet him, just say, "Hey, take this pick. We're good to go." Yeah, take Ottawa's pick. Well, yeah, but you see, the Leafs would want more than a one, two, three. Yeah, but if you got potentially a Jack Hughes out of the trade, oh, you're saying if the if the if they were like, "Hey, here's the Senators', Senators pick. first round," yeah. Well, I don't think they're doing that. <laughs> no, I don't. Think I don't so think either, William Neal. Even the opportunity to get Jack Hughes is crazy. Okay, let's. Uh, we now that we've beaten William Nealander to death, uh, let's talk about another guy who beats people to death. Tom Wilson. Yes, yes, he does. Uh, Tom Wilson gets a twenty-game suspension for his hit on. Uh, oh, I can't even remember who it was. But his hit, it was... Uh, Oscar Sundstrom. Uh, Sundstrom, yeah. Yeah. Not only does he get 20 games, but that 20 games is worth the most suspension money ever forked out at a little over $1.2 million. $1.2 million. Yeah. And the best part about that for Tom Wilson, for those who don't know, his first year of, uh, of his new contract that he signed is mostly bonuses for the first year. So he's already got a majority of his money. So that $1.2 million, he's got to write a check. It's not coming out of his checks. He's got to oh, write a really? check to the NHL. Really? Yes. Which is even harder to just, I mean, oh, that's yuck. just, that hurts. Yeah. Well, he has announced that he will appeal the suspension. Of course. Uh, which which is fair. I mean, when you, you think, okay... Department of Player Safety has decided to give me 20 games because because I'm a repeat offender, which is understandable. This is his fourth suspension in 105 games. Mm-hmm. But the hit itself, let's say, uh, let's say a guy like mm, Nazem Kadri okay. was this guy, or well, Nazem Kadri did get suspended in the playoffs. Let's yeah. a totally like Sidney Crosby throws this hit. Uh, let's say Crosby would get suspended for two or three games for that hit. Yeah. It was like nobody re- he's nobody really got injured long term. Yeah, maybe five games at the most. Honestly, and, and it really wasn't even that bad of a hit when you look, when you look at it. You're like, ooh, that was that was rough. He didn't need to do it, but yeah, and shoulder was the principal point of contact. So, which yeah. is even less. I mean, less of a bad thing I, than to me. This was it's Tom Wilson again, and he's coming close to the line again. I don't think he really crossed the line. I think that he he once again is careless with the line. So therefore, let's throw the book at him to, to force him to change the way that he plays, suspend him 20 games, and I think that he's going to go to an independent arbitrate. Well, first it goes to Gary Bettman, and then if Gary Bettman sides with the player safety, then it goes to an independent arbitrator if he wants to continue the appeal. And I think that in an appeal, he goes, look, they're, they're, they just don't, like the way I play, and even though this hit wasn't really even, at most, it was a game or two, they're suspending me for 20 just because, you know, they've, they've deemed that I do this, but this hit wasn't even really suspendable. And yeah. they're going to go, yeah, I mean, you're out basically out to get this guy, and so, you know, can we find where's our middle ground? And maybe he gets 10. I don't know. Well, this is this is a suspension to change behavior is what this is essentially it's not so much that the hit was that bad it warrants 20 games or um it's for a guy who consistently i mean four times in a little over the last year has been suspended yeah they're trying to say hey change it now or you're i mean you're going to be in a world of hurt even more so <laughs> yeah. and i think what ends up going to happening is and this is stupid of me i i hate it when you so when he appeals this right the first person that it goes to is gary bettman and gary bettman 99 times out of 100 is going to back Mr. Peros and the player safety 
team and just say, hey, yeah. it's we're going to go with what I mean, they gave essentially, out. he's just there. If there was like major corruption, right, right, right. he could go, uh, no, we're undoing this. This wasn't right. Right. Someone made a mistake. Yeah. And then they'll go to a neutral arbitrator, which to me, I think maybe drops it down to 15 games, I think is probably more realistic to what this is going to end up being. But I, I mean, okay, if you're Tom Wilson, you're doing this one, so you can get back in and play quicker Two, so you can save money. But three, it doesn't look as bad when you get 15 versus 20 games, I guess. But um, in terms of the money, and, I understand. Yeah, yeah, and and the the funny part is, is as long as this process is probably going to take, he's going to probably get pretty close to that fifteen games by the time this is done, anyways. So yeah, yeah, that's very true. Just like uh, who was it that? Oh, they were suspended for the Calgary. Play. I think ref. it was Weidman. Weidman. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was also interesting. Um, yeah, I I mean the thing that I don't like is people. Who you know? Someone someone plays on the edge, mm-hmm. and I guess growing up watching players hit exactly like this and being praised, yeah, Scott and, Stevens, and, and now and now we're to the point where this is no longer the way that I, I actually think that it's yes, it's concussions. It's also most people are much softer than they once were, and so people are like, "Ew, I, oh man, I don't want to watch a guy get destroyed like that." Like. When I was in college, so you know, two thousand four to two thousand seven eight, mm-hmm. I remember loving watching videos of guys getting demolished, like oh huge hits, boom, 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 and I feel like the stomach for that is gone. Yeah, like people don't want to see that stuff anymore. People want to see kittens, and they want they <laughs> want to see really nice footwork and and uh, dangling. They don't want to see yeah. bone crushing hits the same way. Yeah, don't get me wrong. That's an exciting part of the game, the dangles and stuff like that. But sure. Um, I, I grew up, I mean, yeah, you and I grew up watching, you know, Scott Stevens of the world, uh, you know, New Jersey, Colorado, Detroit, just go at it and beat the crap out of each other. Um, and now I can find a middle ground. I think that we've gone, and, and it, there's no coming back. I think we've gone no. so far the other way that... Yeah, you can't turn a, around and go back the other direction. You, you just, at this point, I mean, a guy like Tom Wilson, it's like, dude, either, like, you just can't throw these hits. You can't be looking for yeah. these open outs. I, like, just... I mean, I don't know what it is. What do, what do you just ban open ice hits? Because that's where it's we're tough. headed. I mean, we're headed to a point where you're not going to be able to do much to anybody coming down the middle. Yeah, I mean, look yeah, at Nicholas Cronwell. He's he's a guy in recent memory who was just famous for leveling guys that coming along the boards, and they would just have their eyes the other way. The minute they turn around, dude, they got leveled. And look where his career has gone since right. basically having to tell him, no more, can't right. do that anymore. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with two age and you know. Yes, yes, but you don't ability. see guys, like you don't see guys coming up through the ranks like that yeah. anymore either. You know, I mean, Tom Wilson's one of the last uh, last gladiators, as it were, which is a great documentary on Netflix, by the way, if you yes. haven't seen it. But you know what's surprising to me though is like they're trying to get rid of these open ice hits, which whatever it is, what it is, but they don't necessarily like like guys like Brad Marchand and. And Max Domi's sucker punch and stuff like that. They don't lay the hammer down as much on stuff like that, where guys are <laughs> yeah, are still yeah. quote unquote defenseless. I right, mean, right. You're okay what? with a punch to the face, right. but when it comes to hitting, yeah. that stuff can cause concussions how, too. How just bad Marchand hasn't been suspended for 20 games because of yeah. multiple allotted suspensions is is beyond. Bit a guy's finger. Yeah, <laughs> he licked someone. I know. Leo Komarov. Like, don't be spreading the, the hepatitis now. What in the world? Are you saying he has hepatitis? I don't know. <laughs> 
Um, Anders Lee named the New York Islanders 15th captain. Yeah, something more positive. Let's talk about yes, it. Yes, Anders Lee, uh, I'm, I think I'm, ha- I'm happy for him. Yeah, I and am you, too. And you'd think that this probably, uh, I guess it also came out that they're discussing a long-term deal. Yeah, you don't give a guy a captain, just say, no. okay, bye next season. That's he is unrestricted at the end of the year, and obviously they've they've told him, hey, you know, now that John is gone, you are mm. you are the, the leader in that room, and so uh, making him captain. And I think that sometimes... Teams lose a captain or, you know, a captain, like the Sedins, they retire, mm-hmm. and there goes Henrik Sedin, your captain. Yeah. And it would be a mistake for the Canucks to name a captain too quickly, I think. But with a team like the Islanders and for what happened, you need you need to, like, give that symbol to someone else and say, like, hey, we're moving forward. We're not we're not just waiting to right. see who rises through. We, we know who the leaders are in our dressing room. And we're ready to move forward now. We're not going to wait two years before we name a captain. Right. Two things I really like about this. First off, I completely agree with you. I think they needed to put a C on somebody to move on to say this is a new error. And not necessarily like you're bringing in a whole bunch of new people kind of error. But, um, you know, that, hey, Tavares is out of here. We're moving on. We're, we're a team without him. And we're going to continue to roll without him. Um, so slapping a C on that is awesome. It's not like, for instance, like you said, Henrik Zetter, or Henrik Sedin left. But Red Wings, for example, they Henrik Zetterberg's gone. Yeah. Yep. They didn't come out and name a new captain right away. They're like, we're going to go with four alternates. Yeah. It's cool. Whatever. Just, fine. just Which, like the Leafs. The Leafs yeah. haven't had a captain in a couple years since Dion Phaneuf left in yeah. uh, what, like three years ago. So. Yeah. But my second favorite thing about this, well, actually, my thing I love most about this honestly is the fact that they didn't do what a lot of teams do and I think is kind of a mistake is they wait around for the young guy give him a year or two and then slap a C on him and say we'll let you just grow into the captaincy yeah right yeah. like I, the obvious choice is Matthew Barzell he's going to be the face of this franchise for a long time he's the superstar right so I'm glad they didn't say hey we're just going to name alternates for another year or two and then slap a C on this guy yeah, give and, it to the guy that deserves it now yeah exactly just just like what the Florida Panthers did with Derek McKenzie yep. yes it's probably a little awkward in three years when you have to go hey we're gonna actually give the c to him because he has grown into this role and this is what we want him to be uh but Derek mckenzie i I mean i'm sure i'm sure that it was a little like oh i'm not gonna be the captain anymore like you know you you take pride in it you take pride in. oh no for sure i mean look at patrick marlowe i mean how do you think he felt when they stripped him but but you are able to understand and you're able to also go and go okay i mean really it's like this imagine at your work Mm-hmm. Somebody says, we want you to manage this big team. The whole team. Okay, you have to go manage people. And now they say, all right, so we actually would like for uh, this person to manage the team. But don't worry, we're going to pay you the exact same amount to not manage anybody. How's that sound? Okay. You go, all right, yeah, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, I, I think, and plus, you're you're still a leader in the locker room, all that, blah blah blah, all that. But yes, good on Anders Lee. Uh, did want to uh, just toss this out there since the mm-hmm. Leafs lost Curtis McElhaney and Calvin Pickard on I waivers. I was hoping you'd bring this up. Uh, they have gone out and signed none other than Jeffrey S. Glass. I don't really know. Is- I don't really know if that's his middle <laughs> name. I just. Uh, yes, they have signed Jeff Glass, and uh, he will be one of the starters for the Marlies along with Casimir Keskisuo. I don't Yeah, I don't know either. Keskisuo. I, I don't mind the signing to be quite honest. I I no, don't think Jeff Glass was a bad third string goalie to have. No, I mean, uh, he's only 32 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's you never know than McElhaney, so 
That's true. Uh, <laughs> McElhaney, I think, will go to Carolina and yeah. give some much-needed depth since Darling is hurt again. And yeah, he's hurt, and then you don't know what you're going to get out of Mrazek. I think Mrazek will have a bounce-back year, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. been so up and down throughout his career, you might get the bad, and then, like, oh, hey, we got McElhaney. Oh, I'm sure you'll get both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, Cal- Calvin Pickard, I think, for all, what I think a lot of the hype around him comes from, what was it, two years ago? Yeah, in Colorado. Where he had a good season in Colorado as a backup. And then he gets claimed by the Vegas Knights, Golden mm-hmm. Knights. And then he actually gets put on waivers, passes through waivers, and then the Leafs traded for him. Yeah. Like a seventh-round pick for him or something. So Yeah, that guy surprised me that he actually went through waivers that many times without getting claimed. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah teams but, are always looking for decent goaltending depth and like for a guy who actually shown he could handle a decent workload in the nhl and put up good numbers too i mean on a pretty terrible team at the time too so yeah and he may get an opportunity in philly yeah i think so too i mean brian elliott has neuvers hurt yeah. elliott always seems to get hurt at least one time in a well, year and, so. and brian elliott always tends to have stretches where he's no good yeah and i'm i'm not a huge fan of alex lyon yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people are pretty high on him in the organization. Um, They're all waiting course, for Carter Hart. They are, yeah, absolutely. But I think Hart's better served. Unless he's going to come in and take over for Elliott now, let him just stay in the AHL, be the starter there, and then you can get a guy like Pickard in there to back up Elliott. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, before we get out of here, yeah. shall we? There is a bevy of games coming up this weekend. Uh, I, You know, the NHL did something interesting with their schedule. I don't know if this was on purpose, but as I've looked through the initial, like, four or five days of the season, there's really not a lot of, like, wow, here's a, you know, Nashville against Winnipeg. And here's, mm-hmm. like, these big Tampa and Marquee Toronto names. or Tampa, Pittsburgh, or Toronto, Pittsburgh, you know, so, like these, the he- heavy hitter teams playing each other. Uh they're kind of some random game. Like the fact that Philadelphia starts the season on the road in Vegas is a very interesting Weird. opener, you know, to everything that happened. Now we Wednesday of next week we get our first uh, a rematch between the Capitals and the Vegas Golden Knights, which will be fun to watch. But uh, as we head into this weekend, and you know, you're you're probably listening to this show on Thursday or Friday. Uh, as we head into this weekend, what is one game? that you think that people should be watching. Mm. Whether it be Saturday or Sunday or, or even Monday is fine. But Okay. Well, um, mine comes Saturday at 7 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, it's the Florida Panthers at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. And not because they're both situated in, in you know Florida. Um, to me, uh, it's clear that Tampa is the favorite for me to win this division for the Atlantic. But a lot of people who you know have, have said you know Florida's making strides they're going to be a playoff team this year I think this is a good first test for them a good way to see hey can you guys can you guys compete with the division favorite right now can you come out and you know keep it close are you going to get embarrassed I mean where are you at right now especially early on in the season and I think with bringing in well, this is the season opener for both teams yeah there you go they so, actually don't perfect. play till that Saturday right. which yeah. is a very that's a long like season starts Wednesday and you don't start till Saturday that's a little weird right yeah a little bit but I, I think that'll be a great game to just see where the Panthers are right now um, to see maybe what improvements they need to be. And I mean, you take that with a grain of salt too because f- the first couple games are always, to me, a little like iffy. You know, what kind of team you're going to get, you really don't know because there's a, usually there's one or two new guys on a team and you kind of need to get guys gelling again. Lines are mixed up. So, you know, we'll see. But what do you like this weekend? I'm going to throw two games at you. Two? Okay, wow. Uh, 
I, I do. I'll, I'll say that uh, I do like the Jets Stars game on that Saturday, which okay. would be at the same time as that that other game. Uh, just because I think that it's probably the two the two most talented teams playing each other that night. Okay. Uh, the two two heaviest hitters that are actually playing each other, uh, maybe outside of that Florida Tampa game. Uh, the Canucks Flames game though that Saturday. They're playing each other a back-to-back to start the season, which which can create some good blood right away. Yeah, you know the, as well. The Flames kind of they dropped that five-two decision last night on Wednesday, and now an opportunity to come back out and uh, kind of right some wrongs, maybe. So we'll see if juggle the lines. Because I mean, if if Calgary starts the season zero and two after two losses to Vancouver, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna be feeling a little. A little funky, little about heat that. already. So, yeah, so I, I I'm excited for that, and uh, you know if if you happen to be watching hockey on on Sunday, I I'm sorry because there just aren't any good games. Yeah, <laughs> the I mean, Rangers, Hurricanes, Maple Leafs, Blackhawks, Red Wings, Kings. I'm gonna watch the Wings and Kings. I'm gonna watch I'll the Leafs and Blackhawks, yeah. but I you know that's just kind of that's that's what I'm saying is that like early on they're just really when I'm looking at these matchups, which which maybe some of that is on purpose because you're thinking, well people don't care right now they're just gonna watch because it's been so long which right. that is true I will be I mean last night I watched all four of those games. Switching back and I mean I watched the Toronto game, switched to the other the Washington Bruins game whenever it was intermission, and then switched back. And then the other two games, I watched the Flames Canucks, and then when that one went to intermission, I watched the other one till that one goes into intermission, mm-hmm. and switch back and forth. And so you get a pretty good do- dose of both games. Um, and I will probably be doing the same exact thing on Saturday and tonight. So, All right. uh, yeah, lots of lots of fun. Hockey's back, and. Uh, you know, if if you have questions now, now that we're in the season, there's things to talk about, things to ask. We'd love to to get your questions on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Now wait, hold on. You never told me your two games though. I didn't. No, I thought that was my two games. We skipped over it. I said Calgary and Calgary and Did, Canucks. Okay. That's one of my games. Okay. And then my uh, my and other Winnipeg game. Dallas. Uh yeah my yeah that would be my okay other. you mentioned them I didn't really know if they were your actual like two games to watch but yeah I guess okay. I guess those would be my two games fair enough I, I just I just I don't have yeah I don't have a lot in terms of usually it's like here's the obvious game this is the one you're gonna watch right, but right. yeah not not a lot early on but this is this is where uh, and I I would people that like to watch a lot of games like mm-hmm. the two of, I I have uh, decided that this is the way I was gonna do it this year because I I felt like last year. It's really hard when you're trying to watch a, every team. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've watched this team, but I do when I keep track of who I watch. Ooh. And so that's that's my my goal for this this year is to keep track of who I watch early on. So okay. this is a because there's a lot of kind of random teams playing each other, uh, like out of conference games and stuff. I think this is a good opportunity to like create a little spreadsheet for yourself or something and just say like, yep, I watched this team, I've watched this team, I've watched this team this many times. And then you legitimately, you'll get to December or so, you know, two months into the season mm-hmm. and you can say, okay, here's the teams I've I've really watched a lot and I'm not gonna watch this team as much anymore because they just really aren't that exciting and I'm gonna switch my attention over to here. I think that you get, as a hockey fan, it can, even if you don't, you're not doing a podcast, you're not, it's not for any reason other than yourself. I think that it's a lot of fun when you know and you actually have spent time watching 
games and and you know like yes i've watched seven florida panthers games this year yeah. or i've watched five dallas stars games as opposed to like yeah have i, have I watched that team yet i don't know well, you keep track of it you'll know and I'd then be interested to hear how many times you watch the ottawa senators this year yeah they're gonna be low on my list Outside but they, of when i they think play they played at least five times so i'll watch them at least five <laughs> times so all right well that's our show we hope you enjoyed it please uh we'd love if you would share it with other like-minded hockey fans and uh You can, again, hit us up on Twitter, ask us some questions, and uh, we will answer them on our next show. We hope you guys have a great weekend and hockey on.